On tonight's episode, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos has been blackmailed by the National Enquirer. Is If National Enquirer has Amazon Prime, will the blackmail ship for free? Hey Alexa, do you have any recordings of Jeff Bezos taking a dump? Then, Ron Burgundy has a new podcast. Will Mr. Burgundy regret this decision? Has Hollywood finally found a way to keep Will Ferrell away from the box office? Finally, Liam Neeson is in hot water after racially controversial comments. Have we all been taken by the actor's seemingly moral persona? Can't we just let Qui-Gons be Qui-Gons? We're reporting the important news and this is your front row seat. You're tuned in to Chrome Dome Radio. What a week. What a week. What's up, guys? How you doing? Not too bad. I'm Chris. I'm Zach. And this is our guest, Joey. Hi, Joey. Hi. So, yeah, yeah. what's up, man? How you been? Been good. As if I don't see you every day. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I've never seen you before. Yeah, I want to get things started by a shout out to Judy. Judy is my sister-in-law's mother, and she's watching right now. What's up, Judy? Hi, Judy. All right, so... uh, we had a crazy week. Lots of things happened. A lot of, a lot of drama. <laughs> so uh, Jeff Bezos got blackmailed by the National Enquirer. Super interesting story. That bet it's the first time. <laughs> yeah, rich guys getting blackmailed never happens. Never heard of it. So what happened was, um, it, it, I guess the National Enquirer and their parent company AMI got a hold of some texts. How ever could they have gotten these texts? I wonder. <sighs> Who knows, man. Well, Ask News of the World. So there's a couple of theories. Uh, the first one, the one mentioned in the article that uh, we are citing, was that uh, her Bezos's uh, girlfriend, the Sanchez, what's her name? Lauren Sanchez? Lauren Sanchez, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, she has a brother who is deeply entrenched with, like, uh, uh, the, uh, the Inquirer and... Uh, apparently, like runs in the same like political circles as like a lot of Trump like aides and stuff like that, and people involved in his campaign. Yeah, the plot thickens, right? No, so it gets so much deeper. It's so crazy. And then, uh, what are we doing here? Double checking audio. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is. Uh, there we go. How was that? That good. sound good. Great. Can Leave everybody that. still hear me? Yeah. So uh, they think maybe her. Her own brother might have done this to her. And then uh, aside from uh, that, it's possible that they just, like, pirated it somehow. If you hit it harder, maybe it'll stop. There we go. Don't touch it. <laughs> I was going to say, you might not want to touch the table. Yeah, I'm I think, just going to put my arms behind my the, back here. The booms is what's going to... So... Yeah, so Be- Bezos basically threatened to launch an investigation into how they found the text messages. Well, he didn't threaten. He... Did launch well, he did. He did. He yeah. did launch it, and and in response, the National Enquirer said, "Either drop the investigation or release these photos of you." Wait, wait, via wait a minute. Threats. What? He said, "We have a below the belt picture of you, uh, and uh, it would be a shame if that got out somehow. Hopefully, cooler heads will prevail, or some nonsense like My, that." I'm paraphrasing. There's a couple things I want to unpack with that. One. Why does he? What authority does he have to investigate? Is he paying? Is he just paying private investigators to look into it, or I is mean, he calling for like I need the FBI? He's a private. He's a private citizen, and yeah, he's. I mean, obviously, he's. I don't think he can. You can contract oh, you, work out from the FBI, uh, and uh, I mean, how much money do you have to have? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but he's got enough. That's that's what I'm saying. I was like, if anyone could contract out the FBI, him and Bill Gates are at the top of the list for investigation primo numero uno. Well, I think he actually uh, gave it to his like head of security, his uh, top aide, like the guy that's been with him since the beginning. So like his, like his body man. Yeah. 
Yeah, his, his Liam Neeson tying it all together. His Liam Neeson. <laughs> because he couldn't afford the real one. No. Well, yeah, he could. But <laughs> the real one is 66, so. <laughs> Slash sarcasm. So Be- Bezos has got balls on him, too, because he didn't even try to hide this. Like, he comes straight out, and he, and he uh, you know, right, right forefront, he's just like, this is what's happening. This is what they're trying to do. And now everybody's on Bezos' side. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. If yeah, only absolutely. people would go to the public with stuff like this I, I was kind of thinking this is similar to when you know there were there were um steroid investigations in major league baseball mm-hmm. the ones that denied it and tried to make believe like it wasn't happening they're the ones that got barry hated bonds. on the most barry bonds mm-hmm. uh roger clemens the ones that owned up to it like andy pettit and there were a couple others everybody was on their side you know they kind of owned up to it they came out and they were like look i did this you're probably going to hear about it and this is what happened yeah. well, yeah. Everyone can relate to you making a mistake. People don't relate as well to you're an outright liar. Right? Yeah. When people yeah. find out you're lying to their face, they're highly upset. But if they find out you made a mistake, you're humanized to them. Right? Well, also, like, also the the Inquirer doesn't have a, the most oh, God, sterling no. reputation in the first place. And then, like when they come out with the uh, with the like va- like vaguely threatening email, like it, that. I mean, it's tantamount to uh, blackmail and extortion. I mean, that's what they're all saying. They're saying it could be changed as a... It could be like a change to a criminal uh, investigation against because they against the Inquirer because they already have an investigation ongoing against them from the FBI from uh, earlier in the year uh, because they, it came out that AMI paid off um, one of Trump's uh, Playboy bunnies that he was dating like apparently long term she had or at least i love that we have to use the qualifying phrase one of yeah well it's not (laughs) it's not the the other girl that everybody's heard of um stormy stormy daniels not not her it was a different one so i mean and again and none of how has this affected trump like none because he came out right out and was like yeah i just i bet i bang hookers it's it's okay guys (laughs) (laughs) if we're being completely honest i bet part of his base was like he got with Stormy Daniels for real. I've seen a couple of her videos. She's great. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, he sells. He sells it. billions of dollars. Yeah. We'll, Dude, we'll this see. is. There we go. Hey, there you go. Maybe that. <clears throat> just need to be a little front center here. I think so, it, it gets angry. Apparently, it doesn't want me to talk that much. It, it has emotions, and it's you're a, upsetting it. I think this is like the live audience, like channeling their like irritation with me being late. But uh, <laughs> you know what, guys, my time is important, and you're not. So, wow, it's like, yeah, like, like it's firing at you now. I, I, with a lot of opportunity, slept with beautiful women. Like, I, I don't know. I just can't find myself to get angry about it. Like. I don't care about his divorce. And yeah. to be honest, even if they do leak his picks, not like I'm checking them out. What do I care? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's the other sucks thing, for his wife or whatever, but, you know, she knew what she was getting into. I wanted to unpack that, too. Why is everyone so scared about dick pics coming out? Right? I was like... Well, at this, you, po- at this point, it's every, almost like normal. That's what I'm saying. Like, every, everybody's got one. It's super common. <laughs> everyone knows that you have a penis. It's not going to be a surprise that you're a male that has a penis. It's not a revelation to anyone. At the same time, are, are you really that disappointed? I mean, come on, own your own your stuff, right? I, I, Be I proud of it. I have to. That's, that's what I'm saying. I was like, just let it come out. Be like, yeah, that's me. You got a problem with it? Deal with it. Would you give in to the threats of blackmail in that scenario? How, what was the threat that they would expose the picture, or what? Or I yeah. pay them? How no, that is it. Either you pay, or we expose the picture. How yeah. much is the money? Probably they, a lot. It's it just Bezos. If they, they weren't want asking, five bucks, they weren't I'm not asking gonna... him to pay out. They were asking him to drop the investigation. Oh, they, oh that's right. Yep. Because the investigation compromises their status with their former, with the other investigation uh, that the FBI has ongoing with them. But and I'm mad. Let it come out. I and what's no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I forget how this all ties in with like the uh, Washington Post uh, reporter that died. Like, but that, but apparently it does. Uh, it does Wait, with that. Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah, apparently the one from the last episode I was. Yeah, on. he was on that episode. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I thought this was interesting that this uh, happened to be a tie-in with the whole story because I, I know nothing about this tie-in. This tie-in is news to me. Well, because the the Washington Post is the uh, article that uh, is the one that. Uh, per- 
published the article that we're all talking about, and the they're going to head to head with this uh, other major like uh, periodical, which is not no. nearly as well respected okay. in the in the uh, Inquirer. But the Inquirer uh, is known to be kind of like. Trump's machine, right? Because they were s- collecting data about Trump that was unflattering to him before the election, n- election and squashing it yeah. before it came out. So they they probably have like the biggest database of like uh, negative Trump news outside of like Mueller, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, like and Trump's administration is is uh, taking the ta- like the official stance that uh, they don't think that the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia killed Khashoggi or ordered his death but uh the, you know but the Washington Post is at the same time like owned by Jeff Bezos who's being investigated by the Inquirer and they're investigating this thing and they're very much of the opinion that he was you know so it's all it's all this big web of like screwy like dark political rich guy intrigue so that's what it, you know it's it's kind of weird because if you think about it, Bezos owns the Washington Post, which is a pretty well-respected, uh, you know, whatever the word I'm looking for is. No, I don't hear myself at all. What's going? All right, we good? That's you bad. Stay close to it. Why right. is it so upset? Why is it so bad tonight? It's never been this bad before. I don't know. I, it's because I I got cocky about being late. I guess. <laughs> it's really sticking it to you now. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> So, dude, it's it's amazing how Trump somehow found a way to get involved in this story. Yeah. Which, which one? You'd think this the one. The Bezos? The Bezos thing. Like, yeah. somehow it's got ties to him. You'd think the dude would lay low after a while. He's you, the president. There is no lay low. You, fair enough. You think if, To be fair, he takes it to a new level of not laying low, but that's you want, because they let him on Twitter. What do you bet if uh, the Bezos uh, penile pictures come out, uh, Trump's? Uh, gonna have a dick pic come out like a day later and it's like mine's bigger like, <laughs> <laughs> I wish Jeff Bezos would show his taxes maybe we could get the same response oh, <laughs> oh, gosh. oh come on that was good oh man that was good <laughs> alright so coming up next we're gonna talk about Ron Burgundy but first let's take a quick commercial break here at Ted's Trip Through Time, we're slashing prices on all 1980s vacations. That's right, for a limited time, you can take a trip back to the days of Neon Leotard, Big Hair, and David Hasselhoff. Smoke indoors with your friends while children play nearby. Dubular. Slide down scolding hot metal slides in the park. Righteous. Get a cassette caught in a tape deck. Alright. Masturbate to Phoebe Cates. Those were the, days. the options are endless. Sign up today and receive a free ColecoVision signed by pre-alcoholic heartthrob Robert Downey Jr. The time is now to live your 80s fantasy. Head on down to Ted's Trip Through Time and you'll be doing blow in an 80s club bathroom in no time. Ted's Trip Through Time doesn't necessarily guarantee your survival or that you won't fall in love with a crack board. So I did some really uh, technical work uh, during that commercial break and I have fixed the mic. No. I didn't do anything. We hit it with a wrench. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ron Burgundy, he's got a podcast, and uh, people are super excited about it. Are you super excited? Well, I I like the idea. So I can't think of another example where a podcast comes out at, with a fictional character hosting it. It kind of... Mm, I mean, there, there Welcome are, Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, that's what, what I was, is that? that's the one I Welcome was thinking about, Welcome to Night Vale immediately comes to mind. I don't know what that is. It is a massive podcast that you would care nothing about. What is it about? I don't like it that much. It's, it's it random, is... like, anecdotal stories from the internet is how I would describe it. it they have it, characters what, that tell... That's what we're doing. Night, no, Night Vale is... <laughs> They're like, fictional characters. Night Vale oh, is a oh, town oh, 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 oh. that where weird things happen. Yeah. And it's kind of... Like Stranger Things podcast style. It's it's all kind of like anecdotal stuff from this fictional. Yeah, characters where, and with like a slightly kind of eerie, quasi humorous tone. Yeah, it's it's all kind of like a culty. But yeah. Welcome to Night Vale, definitely like that. Yeah. However, I just what about Ron Burgundy's character makes you go, boy, I want that in my life once a week. <laughs> right? Anchorman one. Like that. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. That movie, good I, movie. I love the movies. I think they're hilarious, and I, I've watched both of them several times. Really? I you don't like the want, second one. I, 
I was talking to Chris about this actually. Yeah, the I, I'm better. not a big fan of the second yeah, one. I didn't like I, it. I think the second one was better. No, what? Come no, on, Come that on. Ep- that epic fight scene where you just got every part you, of the internet excited at the same time. You mean I, the same joke done again? <laughs> yes, yes, but the, better. Liam Neeson was in that scene. Yeah, he was. That's he was. It's better. No, I mean it was it was bigger. That there were there were parts that made it. Ask your girlfriend. That means better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was All just. Right. I don't know, but it, like, did you ever see Boondock Saints too? Oh boy. No. Same that, same movie. All the same bits. I've never seen more than one Indiana Jones either. Oh, really? Maybe. I tell you that back. I've seen them, but tell I don't, me, tell I don't me acknowledge them. the only one you them. saw was Crystal Skull. Oh, Are Crystal, you kidding me? Yeah, no, Raiders. Awful. Raiders is the only Indiana Jones film. That's just how it is. I like Raiders. And to That's be honest, the best one. I rewatched Raiders this week, and you know what? It holds up better than any movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Last, because, Last Crusade's good, though. I, I still like the Last Crusade. The, uh, the Temple of the Doom is... It's fun, but in a, in a kind of goofy way. It's not a. It's not on but the same level. When I think of Indiana Jones, I don't think goofy. I think of scary Nazis, crazy occult like yep. stuff happening to this larger than life, brilliant character who is, does not make stupid decisions. And the monkey, and the monkey, <laughs> the poor, poor, sad monkey, the monkey spy, the spy monkey. Hey, so, spoiler what, alert: yes. There's a spy monkey. If you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> If you yeah. haven't seen Raiders, you've missed out for many years. Come on, you got the, that monkey got what it deserved. Oh, it did. You Absolutely. Th- you throw your hat in with Nazis, that's what you get. But in the long run, when you look at the monkey's life as a whole, mm-hmm. he gave his life to protect Indy. I mean, he gave his life for a date that happened to be poison. <laughs> which? <laughs> which tipped, saved Indy. Which uh, tipped the... Oh, what's the... What's uh, the, the dwarf's character's name? <laughs> the guy, John Reese davis Oh, Davies. Yeah. What's his name? I don't remember. No idea. But regardless, yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? Ron Burgundy's Ron podcast. Burgess. I think this is a cool idea. I think it's got a lot of possibilities. What I'm kind of wondering, though, and I know they released the first episode uh, yesterday. I didn't listen to it, but I'm wondering if the guests will also be fictional characters. Yeah, if it's the, the guys from the movie, then I'll, you know. I mean, I like uh, all of those characters, so... What if it's all those character? What if it's those people playing a character of themselves, like a parody of themselves? Like yeah. Chris Brown comes on and he starts making jokes about hitting women, right? Uh, like he's doing it. That's a bad example, yeah, that, but that's like I'll... an overtop representation of his God, what people not, perceive of him. Example? Oh no! <laughs> Nothing. I'm sorry if anyone in the audience is offended. Ladies. Chris Brown hits women. He does. It's well documented. On Twitter, yeah, not a good guy. Mm-mm. But what I'm saying is, he no would, redemption for that dude. He he may not make those kind of jokes, but but, uh, but this also kind of opens the doors to other fictional char- characters having a podcast. Like, like dude, uh, okay, think like about the Grinch. Like, the Grinch could have a podcast, or like <laughs> Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Oh man, is, that'd be I'd watch that one. Right, like yeah. that would be would actually could be kind of interesting. Like yeah. if you pick the right characters, it could be kind of cool. Is he still alive, Christopher Lloyd? Absolutely. Fred Flintstone. I'm not, I mean, I, th- that was one example. He could be, pick something more recent, thinking. maybe. Fred so, Flintstone would have a rock cast. When you were talking about the thought that came to my mind yeah. would be Robert Downey Jr. doing uh, Tony Stark. I Tony would Stark listen, I would listen podcast? to that every week. That would be the highlight. Getting or Elon with, Musk. Uh, playing Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon Musk. <laughs> if Elon Musk <laughs> did a podcast, I would play it on repeat we constantly. Were, we were laughing at the way Elon Musk laughs. <laughs> he pronounces every ha. <laughs> you guys don't you, you don't see it? That's his fake laugh. Yeah. His real laugh is very maniacal and evil, but he doesn't want people to get the bit. He's Could an be. underground lizard person, right? Could yeah. be. Or an alien? I mean, he's not underground anymore. He's trying to build those tunnels so he can go back. Oh, yeah. that's how that works. Yeah. He's coming. Yeah, all right. That's cool. Elon Musk starts building these tunnels and it just turns out it's like the invasion of the mole people. <laughs> or he builds the tunnels and Spider Man just shoots webs down it. It's the next Dune. That would that would be sick. Dude, so you didn't you didn't say what you think about the Ron Burgundy podcast. Uh I am excited to maybe hear Will Farrell be funny again. <laughs> that would be Oops. wonderful. Yeah. Shade. We were, we were we were talking about that right before the podcast. He's had a lot of bombs lately, but you said you liked some of the movies that I didn't like. Like, you you like Get Hard. Yeah, I thought Get Hard was pretty funny. I didn't like it. But to be honest, it wasn't Will Ferrell's performance that made me think Get Hard was funny. It was a hilarious premise, and I thought Kevin Hart kind of carried good, that movie. Good premise. Bit. Kevin Hart was pretty good, but I, I thought Will Ferrell was boring. 
I mean, again, I thought the movie was good. I didn't necessarily think that Will Ferrell's performance was yeah. a number one. I don't, I don't think I can recall a movie that in in recent years that I've actually. I think the last thing I really liked him in was Other Guys. See, I didn't, that was a funny movie. That was a very funny movie. I thought the Other Guys was so blatantly trying to be funny that I didn't find it funny. That's the one with Mark Wahlberg where they're cops, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and then he did that crap uh, Daddy's Home. The, the funniest part of that movie was when The Rock jumped off a building and died. Yeah, that was really That funny. was the funniest that part of that really whole movie. Good. You think what I'm thinking? Aim for the bushes. <laughs> there goes my little splat. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> what just happened? I was dying laughing. Yeah, me too. That that was the funniest part yeah. of the movie. That was a good part. I don't know. There was a lot of parts in that. Like, their like conversation about uh, him like being a tiger and eating a tuna. Oh, man. And then turning it around on him. Yeah. He's, he's like, you're going to swim out into the ocean, five-foot waves, and fight me, an 800-pound full-grown tuna, with all of my friends? You lose that battle, my friend. You lose that battle nine times out of ten. <laughs> and he talks about like how they're going to like develop like kelp air breathing apparatus to go hunt lion it's on land it's so silly your Shut- rendition of it is funnier to me than the bit was yeah i don't know but that yeah that was a that was the last movie i really remember enjoying him in. i can't think of anything more recent um i mean what else is he i mean i didn't see date night i didn't either was no, it wasn't. I, or I game think night, I, a game, game night. night. Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the name of the movie. Taylor and I were trying to think of it. It wasn't good. No, no. Okay. And you named Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home Two. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah. So the other side to this podcast coming out. So they hit the top charts um, on like iTunes and maybe Spotify before the podcast was even released. Yeah, I was going to say that, just on Heat alone. right? That's the info that made me so annoyed. Which so a, a lot of small time podcasters got upset with this news because they're like another big company. Like this is iHeartMedia teamed up with Funny or Die, which is Will Farrow's company. Yeah. They basically, you know, they, they have, they, they it's kind of like what cable was a few years ago. Now the big companies are coming in and they're taking over yeah. and they can just push their way to the top. See, here's the thing. You just, there's room for everybody. Everybody's yeah. operating, everybody's operating kind from of. a scarcity model. I, ev- there's enough room for an audience for everybody. If you, you have build. a good enough show, people are going to listen. Exactly. If you have crappy microphones making crap sounds, then you probably aren't going to get a lot of people listening. But my well. thing is, <laughs> once you start putting these I think A-list we celebrities, that was like karma. Yeah. <laughs> once yeah. you once you start putting all these like huge stars into this area this genre that doesn't have massive names like this where people are like the example I, I named earlier was YouTube getting music videos yeah that was the end of YouTube being YouTube to me I mean it's still YouTube but when those videos came on those blew past any amount of views that anyone had I guess that's so true. when you look right. at the most viewed there's nobody there's not a single YouTube made YouTube created. It's all Vin, uh, uh, Vimeo copy over right. music or, videos. Or it's the ones that got in there really early. Like mm-hmm. the people who have been on YouTube for 10, 15 years no. now? No. No. Really? They're all gone. You Do you remember that? Like, you remember the evolution of dance and like yeah. kids mm-hmm. in classrooms yeah, yeah. in America and stuff like that? All those top videos, the second music hit YouTube, all of them were second page. Wow. That's why I was so annoyed by it because I was like, these are things that were icons of YouTube at the time. Right. And they instantly got dethroned once people were willing to put their music on the platform. Right. And when it comes to podcasts, companies like iTunes, once you start having a number one, it's in that company's best interest to sell their quote unquote podcasting service by, Hey, this is Will Ferrell. You've seen him in all these movies. Mm -hmm. You should check out Will Ferrell because you're used to him Mm -hmm. and you've seen his character in these movies. Once you start putting too many of those into the ecosystem, you're going to drown out the little guys and you're going to lose the creativeness. You're going to lose the people who are coming up with new ideas, people who are actually going out and putting themselves on the line. Whereas this guy stepped into a studio for literally an hour. Everyone else did the setup. Everyone else did the editing. Everyone else brought it to the platform. All he did was sit down, record, and leave. That sounds great. How can we do that? But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're Will Ferrell and you have that kind of money, feel free. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I still think there's room. Like if you have, if you put a promote a good product and you do it a, over a length of time, you can build an audience. I mean, maybe maybe it, you'll never get to like the stratospheric heights you would have before. Like big players entered the game, but there's still room for people to get famous, and there's still things that you can do 
that make a big splash. Uh, controversial things usually is what would do it. If I just take a, a really offensive stance on something, which I've done plenty on this show, you have, yeah. So I, you know, and if anybody sees that, and uh, but do you want that to be your legacy? Well, really? yeah, I don't mind because if either I need to walk it back, and then I need to know, and all that negative feedback will allow me to do that, and then uh, or I'm right, and I'm willing to stand up for what I believe in, and you know if. I'm right. I, I think you can drown out all of the negative feedback just by virtue of you being right. Well, I, I think podcasts actually are a good place for controversial statements because you have it's your platform yep. and you have all the time in the world to speak your entire mind and mm-hmm. you can explain yourself so little bits and pieces aren't picked out so much because you can listen to the whole thing and look if you have a controversial stance then you can at least explain yourself exactly and, and you know you can't hate on somebody for having an opinion unless it's a horrible opinion like being super racist or or homophobic or something what's wrong with that <laughs> Jesus, <dude. laughs> yeah, but at the, at, the, at the same time i was like if five percent of a-list celebrities from movies released just this year pay for someone to set up a podcast for them those numbers will instantly put you so far out of the running that you'll never see new viewers maybe in a short term but five percent of the uh the major hollywood but in the short term it'll be popular yeah and then in the long run it'll be more popular no because they have to consistently produce a good product and i don't think acting it is necessarily a good analog for podcasting memorizing lines and doing monologues and some and something is a lot different than a free flowing conversation that these people can pay writers and, I mean, and in the case with Will Ferrell and Ron Burgundy, he's not being Will. It's Ferrell. a different he's thing, being man. a character. You can that's tell most the difference. Likely... You can tell the difference between uh, David Letterman, uh, who's working off of writers and and things, and then like a Joe Rogan, who's working off the cuff. Like you can tell, you can tell genuine truth and like speech shines through. In my opinion, I, I I've ne- I've never gotten it confused i don't think with one one being the other i've i've definitely seen things that looked real that were 100 percent scripted yeah and i was like for example reality television how many, oh, how many on, times but you... that's super see-through now <laughs> but what i'm saying is, and that's what i'm talking about that's a there fad. was a long like... time where it was done to the point where people are like this this is real no it's this not is real it was never people real. believed it my dad believed the Jersey Shore was real until like 2013. <laughs> well, I mean, just saying, it happens. Maybe that's it, maybe not to us. It happens. Maybe there's some genetic the common... strain in your family that makes uh, people think that bad movies are good and that bad TV is. All right, real. let's not break this down to eugenics. <laughs> We're not trying to get in a fight over here. I'm just saying, like it's a... your cranium is too small to deal with this information. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Liam Neeson. That uh, seems like a good segue. <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of, but he does have a big head. I bet he has a great. Personality. It does because he said something very controversial, uh, and is, he's going to have a tough time digging himself out of this one. Uh, basically, if you haven't heard yet, he had an interview with the Independent. On it was released on Monday. He basically um, described, uh, I would call it, I guess, a, a situation he dealt with. Um, early in life, it was 40 years ago. He's 65 now, so that would have made him 25. Something like that, yeah. Basically, <laughs> what happened was a female friend that he had known uh, told him that he was that she was raped by a black man, and he responded that, and and I quote, he said he had the primal urge to lash out. And uh, I'm gonna, Zach, pull up the quote. You want to read the quote? Yeah, I, I do. I really do. <laughs> So this kind of goes into what we're saying. You know, we were talking about Kevin Hart earlier, how, you know, he was on Ellen not even apologizing for his past tweets, but he had tweeted back in 2008 those those homophobic tweets and uh, has since then owned up to it and basically said he's changed and uh, he doesn't necessarily believe those um, those jokes anymore or he doesn't necessarily believe in what he said. But at the same time, he didn't want to host the Oscars because he want he want he didn't want the trolls to win because he was of the belief that a few people on Twitter basically dug up got, went through his forty thousand tweets went back to two thousand eight dug up these this old stuff that he had already dealt with before and tried to destroy his life mm-hmm. with it yeah 
So go ahead and read Liam Neeson's tw- uh, uh, quote from The Independent. After that, there were some nights I went out deliberately into black areas in this city, looking to be set upon so that I could unleash physical violence. I did it for maybe four or five times. It really shocked me. This primal urge I had, it shocked me and it hurt me. I did seek help. I went to a priest, and I had two very good friends I talked to. And believe it or not, power walking to get rid of this primal urge. What? When you read it like that, it's even worse. (laughs) Holy gosh. So, So, I definitely don't remember it being like that. No, that's a direct quote. We pulled that right out of the magazine. Yep. So the dude, yeah, he uh, he wanted to attack any black guy. He said no. Yes, no. He said anyone who set upon him. He wasn't walking around looking for someone with black skin he, to assault. He, he was did. looking. He did went to. He did went go to black areas. Though, I'm, I'm not. Dis- I'm not discounting that. What, no, I'm, I, what I'm saying is he wasn't walking around with a baseball bat looking for the first black person he could find. No, he I was, was like, let's, around, let's not characterize it as that. He was looking around trying to look. I guess. Vulnerable, yeah. Or... That, that was my impression. Is like he wanted to look like a, a helpless female, so that maybe someone would try him, and then he. Yeah, here's Liam the problem. Neeson. Like he's six four. Yeah, he's an intimidating dude. <laughs> I mean, he's got a voice like gravel. Like uh, he's just uh, gravel. Like with I don't know, fine champagne being poured over it. Is that's what Liam Neeson sounds like to me? Yeah, but the. Uh, the whole I actually got in got interested in this. I was like, what what made him think he could beat up a random mugger? And then I went went back into his like Wikipedia file. I was like, oh okay, so he was a boxer when he was a kid. He won like a couple of regional titles. He's six foot four. He's a big dude. But I'm I'm like I know people have been mugged, but I don't know anybody that's been mugged by one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know people that have been jumped by like six. Maybe or seven you don't people. know anyone who's told you that they were mugged by one guy. It's funny that you uh, went like there, it. though, because yeah. you went into why does he think he can beat up this person? I kind of went into why did he tell the Independent this? How did the story get to the point of even sharing this? Because he's a reporter and... gave him a moment of vulnerability yeah, where yeah. he felt comfortable and yeah. he he let some truth go. It's like why do people break under like uh, you know legal depositions or whatever and they just accidentally let something slip because you know their people are shooting. Yeah, did you ever see a few good men? Yeah, that's you know the scene with uh, Jack Nicholson where yeah. he finally just you know he yeah. he gets him, he cracks it. Yeah, you know. Have Have you ever seen? There's a video on YouTube that I highly recommend anyone who's listening to this uh, check out. It's the uh, deposition. What is a photocopier? Cool. No, I haven't, I haven't no, seen that. that. It's on YouTube. It is hilarious. It is it it is someone in a deposition who has been prepped by a professional, and they're basically asking a question: Do you have a photocopier in your office? To which the guy goes. What do you define as a photocopier? Nice. And then the lawyer starts losing his mind. You don't know what a photocopier is? Objection. Leading the uh, the witness. You can't do that in a deposition. Oh, I can't. So this witness has to basically hold his own the whole time being like, I'm not going to answer your question until you define what a photocopier is to me. Use the Wookiee defense. It to, copies to be fair, the photos. Case, the legislation, the, or the case was relative to photocopy prices. This is Chewbacca. So, so it was it was relevant <laughs> oh, yeah, to Chewbacca. the lawyer defining it. <laughs> this is Chewbacca. What, but, what is he doing on indoor? So, that does not make sense. <laughs> back to the Liam Neeson story. We were, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I, I looked at it from, we, we were discussing like how, how racist is it, I guess. And one of the points that I pointed out was, like I said, he he definitely made the distinction that he was looking for someone black. But at the same time, the point I made to Chris was, if a, a white guy or a Hispanic guy or anyone had walked up to him in that state... No, he's going to kick the crap out of him. Exactly. I, he might have killed whoever it was. I, I don't think that this was necessarily racist as much as I think it was him being a young guy who didn't know how to cope with a really serious situation occurring in his life. But a lot of the outrage from this has been, oh, Liam Neeson's a racist. He just wants to kill black people. I don't know. I mean, there's I mean, definitely a racist. Not much has been that it. hardcore, but it has the outrage has been centered around that. And I at feel least, like a little I, bit of that's Yeah, I don't know. Well Liam Neeson grew up in, you know, Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, Protestants versus Catholics. It, you know, that's not even racism. It's just like 
creedism. I don't, you know, it's a, a it's religious discrimination between two people that basically agree I think about that's just persecution, almost everything. I mean, persecution, discrimination, whatever, doesn't matter. The uh, the point is, like, he li- he grew up in a violent time, yeah. and you know, grew up uh, with violence all around him, and then was involved in a violent combat sport during his youth. And then, you know, grew up just kind of an angry dude. And then, you know, I I might, this might be not be a, a big secret, but, uh, you know, Irish people aren't real fond of black people. <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you know that? What? Yeah. Back in, uh, back in the day, especially like you could be Irish and uh, might not necessarily think that uh, black people were on the same level as you. Just uh, just throwing that out there. You saying it's being a, it's a part of being Irish? I'm saying or back then it was very prevalent culturally during the 1970s or whenever he was uh, doing this. I don't remember the years. Right. The same could be true of you know any random clubhouse in the 1950s. Yeah. Or yeah. Or Here, the, yeah. yeah in the South. Yeah. The, you know, it's uh, a per. You know, anything before 1980, not really. The, the, ti- the timing of this is crazy too because of all the controversy behind the controversy behind the uh, blackface photos that came out with the politicians I think in Virginia yeah, what, what was that about that was they uh, are just stupid they're just stupid man I mean they they have legit okay so like, that dude resigned as soon as that photo came out and I was like you never should have done that but you definitely made the right call of resigning instantly oh he did resign I thought he was holding out no the, the one that and there was another there, there was a picture where I'm thinking of like a senator that was at a Halloween party and he yeah, was the yeah. Katrina yeah, victim yeah this is the, the same guy, yeah the right? Katrina victim guy rolled over instantly there's more though there's <laughs> a couple other people who are not uh, leaving office and like there was the one with the picture where he's in blackface and somebody next to him is wearing a KKK outfit because if you rock it it's okay Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> nice. Brought he's the back. only guy. No, no, that's no, allowed to no, do no, no, he's not the only guy. Okay, this is what he so, has full like approval from the black community. I wanted to Robert bring Downey up, Jr. I, can do black. I wanted to bring up Robert Downey Jr. because that's different. And okay, so who's the who's the other guy that can? Jimmy Kimmel did it. He played Carl Malone on the Man Show, and it was hilarious. If they bring that back up, I bet he, you. I bet you he apologizes. He didn't do it. I bet you he He's apologizes comically. and cries on the air. It's different. Here's why it's different. Because what they did, the characters that they played, specifically, let's pick Robert Downey Jr.'s character okay. from Tropic Thunder. I know where you're going with this. He he was playing an Australian white guy who was playing a, a black, black guy. Uh, American guy. Yeah, it was really meta. Which it, the reason that was funny is because they the humor was levels deep because what was funny about it is that's that he was playing a character a stereotypical like what an Australian white guy might think a black American guy acts like yeah the audacity of it is what made it funny right and and that's kind of like Carl Malone when I mean uh when Jimmy Kimmel played Carl Malone he was just kind of like picking at a friend he it, it was it was fun play it, what, there wasn't any harm behind it. When the Waynes brothers were in White Chicks, yeah, it wasn't. There was, you know, they they wore white makeup and they dressed like females. Nobody's in an uproar about that because Come it on, was dude. funny. It was just playful. You know, it's not the same thing though. There's, di- I'm saying, there's a difference between being playful and then being mean. And you could be mean as a black guy uh, if you're if you're gonna do white face. You can do that. You can just be a je- you can be a jerk and uh, and do that. You can pay. You can make fun of white people as hard as you want as a black dude, and it's not a big deal. I'm I'm pretty sure if you look back, even this was pretty common of a thing to do, even on SNL. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie I'll put Mur- to you like Eddie this: Eddie Murphy did it uh, yeah. once. It was really funny, and it was funny. Yeah. There's something to be said about doing it in that. Um, what was the show in the early 1900s that this whole thing is about? It was white guys who did like the charcoal blackface. Gosh, what is it? It's you know what I'm talking about, though. Like Sambo. I like think. Yeah, yeah, the the actual full on. These were white guys on TV purposefully being racist. But right? it, but again, they were being racist. But at the time, that was considered comedy. But what I'm so what I'm getting at is they're doing blackface was intended to be sarcastic or humorous to make fun of someone. Yeah, it was There's a difference between doing that and then having professional makeup artists apply blackface for three hours so that you can pretend to be a black character. Yeah, that's true. And Robert that's Downey true. Jr.'s in, in that particular case, he wasn't 
comical blackface. He no, no. sat in makeup and they made him look like a genuine African American for many hours. Yeah. Right? There's something to be said about him playing that character versus someone at a costume party who puts you know, dark complexion, just stupid concealer yeah, yeah, on their face to be and a then, jerk, yeah. and then the lipstick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but my I whole point with all this stuff is, you have to be able to look at these situations with a nuance and understand that there are differences. That is, yeah, that is absolutely there true. Is. And you know, I don't even see the harm. In, Joan Behar, uh, a picture came out of her dressed. Uh, I think she was. She's from the View, right? From the View. Okay. She, I think she went to a Halloween party years ago again, uh, dressed as a beautiful black princess or something. Or African princess, right, right, and she, she wore like like dark colored makeup and like a crazy hat. And somebody yeah. else said they went. In, I think one of these politicians came out. They, they hit it forefront. They were like, "Let me come out and say this right now." I went to a Halloween party once in the eighties, dressed as Michael Jackson, and yeah, I colored my skin a little bit. Probably didn't have to for Michael Jackson, but <laughs> but you know, in the eighties, you did. In the eighties, you did at the time. Josh came to a, a party. Uh, our friend Josh Smith dressed as Michael Jackson. No makeup whatsoever. You you don't you don't need it. You just wear the jacket. That's enough. You Josh don't need the makeup. Josh is almost as pale as Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is so white. <laughs> and, just, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's a sensitive topic, though. To me, it's just like all right. If you're, it's also three white guys sitting around the table talking about true. racism. That's true too. Where so I was like, at the end of the day. We're fully aware that we're three white we need, guys sitting at a table discussing the nuances of racism. I'm only semi-aware. We need Steve to, to come we should, in. We should have had Steve yeah, on yeah. tonight. Yeah. Sorry, He's, Joey. Who is Steve? He's the black guy. <laughs> He's, He's our, our black black friend. Guest. <laughs> we have one black friend. <laughs> I wonder what he... We Between met, the both of you? You're supposed no, to have your I'm own just, individuals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we Everybody a, has their own designated one. Come no, on, we have man. we have like two more. <laughs> <laughs> But like you were saying, there's nuances to all these. There's two sides to every story, and there's a. I think, being the white guy that I am, there is a difference between being playful and being mean. Oh yeah, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Either way, the safe bet is to just not dress up like a black. That's person. the safe bet at this point. Yeah, but hey, we didn't know that 30 years ago. It's true. And look, Megan Kelly just got kicked off. Uh, uh, what she's on the CNN? I don't know her. She got no. She was on NBC, I thought, or NBC. She got fired because she defended did, blackface. Just defended going to parties back in the eighties with blackface on. She she's was like, just saying we didn't know back then. She didn't even say she did it. No, yeah, she said in modern times, she's like, I don't know what the big deal is, and everybody's like. Oh my God! Brain right. explosion. Yeah. And then, she said this and on then CNN. overnight, they they or like NBC. exposed her to nah, the 1900s, like comical, like just being mean blackface. Mm-hmm. And then she came back the next day and was like, "Oh my God, yeah, I had no idea. Bad. I didn't realize that this was like a meta of something that happened in the past. I thought everybody was just upset about black makeup." Do you know what this is huh. kind of like too? What? This is kind of like the context of a stand-up comedian who can pull off a joke, but other other comedians yeah. can't. Now no, take take Bill Burr for example. All the stuff that he says is super, but they know that he's coming from a good place, mm-hmm. right? So they know, like, oh, he's just playing around. If if Louis C.K. right now comes, and he has, Louis C.K. is trying to make a comeback, and he's telling kind of the same jokes he used to always tell. And get a lot of heat for it. They're not landing anymore because it's coming. Oh, no, they're still landing, but they're not, like, they're the public. The public's perception of it is, wait a second, where are you coming from with this joke? Exactly. Right? And, it, and then suddenly you can't laugh at it the same. I can. Now you can. Because <laughs> I still think he's, it, I still think it's fine. <laughs> Because you're a derelict. Yeah, I guess. A derelict? <laughs> yeah, a I'm derelict. A, I'm homeless? You're homeless. <laughs> you're, how does that you're mean? You're a bum. How do, I don't understand the connection. I there. don't know, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. I can't help you there. I'm yeah. sorry. That was improper use of vocabulary, sir. Let's play a game. We're playing games? We're going to play a game right now. We've talked about a lot of rich people this evening mm. between Bezos and Neeson and uh, Farrell. So we're going to play a game. What's their net worth? Oh, now Jeff. We'll start with Jeff Bezos since we started with him in the evening. He's, uh, I think, he's the richest man in the world. Pretty sure I know this one. The Do unfortunate you know the part about Bezos is his net worth literally is tied to Amazon. Oh, it's about to be in half. Yeah. But it's tied completely to Amazon, so his net worth on any given day can fluctuate multiple positions. But I bet the number that you have is ninety-five billion. No, it's more than that. Wow, really? One hundred and thirteen. Keep going. 130. So you win that round because you were closer. 
137 billion. I pulled that up today. Uh, and his his wife that he's now divorcing will, it has uh, rights to half of that, which is a uh, I think they said it's 68 million or something. A billion, billion, 68 yeah. billion. Okay. Well, damn. Yep. All right. Next up, Will Ferrell. What's Will Ferrell's net worth? Will Ferrell, he's got to be worth 683 million dollars. Nah, that's high. You took I. I feel you, I feel like you overshot that one, so I'm just gonna play like the. Uh, You're gonna prices right it. Yeah, so I'm go, I'm going like a hundred million. I think that's high too, though. I thought you would have said six hundred and eighty-two point nine. Zach million. wins that round. He's worth eighty-five million. Nice. Really? Yes. Yeah. I would have sworn he was worth a nah. lot more. No, nah, actors don't make that much. Really? Okay. Yeah. Next up, Will Ferrell's co-star in Anchorman, the beautiful Christina Applegate. Ooh, uh, $43 million. I'm going low again. She hasn't been in that much. I'm going $30 million. Zach wins again. She's worth $20 million. Nice. All right. We I, uh, we mentioned Liam Neeson, obviously. Uh, what's Liam Neeson worth? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. I'm going to price this right, Zach, now. Yeah. i get, I got to really think about it then. I'm gonna go. He's spending a lot. He's gonna be more big, than Liam Neeson. Big blockbuster. I'm going. Or he's, he's got to be. I'm going 115 million dollars. He was in Star Wars. I'm going 250. Zach wins again. You can't overshoot it. He's worth 85 million. Yeah. Liam Neeson. Uh, this is a co-star of his from the Batman Christopher Nolan franchise. Christian Bale. What's Christian Bale's net worth? I'm so done with this game. <laughs> I'll go 50 mil. 49.9. Dude, you are just... He's worth 80 million. Yeah! You could have one-upped yeah! him just by this much. Yeah. I've been overshooting literally every one of them, and the one time I undershoot it, Zach's like, yeah, that was on the right side. All right, not, so think now. shooting from the hip. Liam Neeson's worth 85. Christian Bale's worth 80. Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel's got to be... He's got to be worth more. Because mm, he's not a, like a big blockbuster movie star, but he's got to make a ton from the the, the, the Bro, night he's, show. He's on NBC, so I know, I know, like Jay Leno's like a billionaire, right? Because he owns like several car lots. But I mean, he's not on that level. He hasn't been Nine like Hollywood royalty houses. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm Jimmy Kimmel. I'll say one twenty, one twenty mil. Don't look at him. Don't look at me. 121? <laughs> I did it wrong, didn't I? Yeah, Judging by low. Chris's face. You should have gone, gone low. He's worth $35 million. Whoa, that's it? That's it. Wow. Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, that's I mean, nothing. I thought it was, I thought he would be So in like when you think about million, worth, so. you have to consider it. I was like, he's probably got a $5 million house. Uh, Yeah, true. And I was yeah. like, that's, that's a seventh of your worth. Fun game. Who else we Just got? over your head. Carl Malone. Carl Malone? Carl Malone. I... Hmm. Who is Carl Malone? He's got a basketball player from the nineties. Very good one. Um, They're talented. Less money than in the nineties than there is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, professional athletes tend to spend a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say twenty-five million dollars. Thirteen. Seventy-five million dollars. I am crushing you. I wonder how. That's pretty good because you're right. You would think that you know they, a lot of athletes tend to overspend. Mil- he, he must have gotten a ton of sponsorship money though. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and he's had other I things. I didn't even think he, about yeah, that. Yeah, I just don't know what money's worth. Apparently, <laughs> it's all just about. numbers in a computer, man. It's all right, all monopoly cash. Last you figure one. I would be good with that by now. Last one. Last one's worth thirty points. We uh, brought her up. She's uh, one of the co-hosts of The View, Joan Behar. Oh, God. Did I say that right? Is that her last name? I have Behar? no idea. Uh, I, she could be worth anything. Honestly, she's probably got like a product line. She probably like sells things on the side. 22. I'm going 30. Joey wins. She is Finally. worth 8 million bucks. Ah, that's, uh, that makes sense. What was sense. her name worth 20? Because I was like, if she's worth you 20, there's no way, way John Bay. You did that one more. on purpose. You were like, I'm going to j- give him like a bunch of really high ones, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to nail him with this low one. But we did mention her. We, yeah. you know, we, we mentioned did. her name. Uh, Christina Applegate was the one worth Applegate, 20. Yep. We yep. also brought up Bill Burr. Are we going to do Bill Burr? Ooh. 
Bill Burr. Bill Burr. He's a comedian. I don't think comedians Bill really command a lot. Bill Burr's had a good couple years more recently. He does have F is for Family. I'm going on, 12 mil. Ne- on uh, Netflix. 12 million? Let me make sure I got Five. Are we using a standard service for this? Networth.com. Yeah, there's a networth.com. All right, so Fun website. according to this, he is worth $6 million, But uh, wait a second. Let me make sure it's still – okay. This is – the, the Bill Burr's he, – he's doing well for himself right now because then this site, celebritynetworth.com, says it's closer to $8 million now. No, either way you win. So either way you win. So like I was saying, he's had a good couple of years. Yeah. He's 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 happy about. The I've, I've enjoyed his recent work for sure. Oh, but, and man. he's got a, he's got a lot of Netflix specials now. He's all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, two two three years ago, a lot of people probably wouldn't have even heard of him. Well, a lot of people Bill would Burr, have, but yeah. he's pretty mainstream now. Exactly. Bill, Bill Burr has been mainstream for a minute. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ever since uh, what's the uh, like a uh, I was watching Bill Burr walk it back or something or walk it yeah, you, walk it out. Bill, you, Bill you Burr pre Carlos Mencia. He was he was big before well, he's been Carlos doing it Twenty five years now. That's what that's what I'm saying. I was like, when you think Carlos Mencia was probably a at least decade, a decade ago, ago, at least. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, Bill Burr was like popular for me, was more popular than Carlos before Carlos had that very brief rise and yeah. crash <laughs> from Major stealing crash jokes from stealing jokes. To Joe Rogan like ended, <laughs> ended his career. I didn't know that. Joe uh... Rogan stood up on stage, stole his microphone, and called him out. What's in he front of do? his audience, be terrified. Trevor Rogan's huge. Yeah, I mean he's short, but he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for tonight. We thank you for tuning in. We're live on YouTube every uh, Friday at nine o'clock or whenever the heck Zach decides to show up. Later, nine thirty. That's what we should change this to. Yeah, we're probably gonna have to do something think, about that. I think we're gonna do that. <laughs> uh, Joey, thanks for coming out. Always. And uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook and all those social networks. And we'll see you next Friday. Bye-bye.